Hey everyone, welcome back to the Cardboard Herald Solo Diaries during quarantine. And I told you last time that I posted one of these that if the response was good, then maybe I'd keep this going because I've been playing a lot of solo games during quarantine. And as a gamer, I've evolved to be more interested in solo games over time. And you know what? Response was huge. <laughs> you guys have been telling me all about the different games you've been playing solo, as well as the reasons that you've been playing solo. That was kind of the topic last time where we just talked about what are the reasons someone might play solo board games and then what some of the games I've been playing. And there were so many responses that were so interesting and even profound that didn't even occur to me when making that video. And it just highlights the, the great diversity of gamers and the reasons that people play tabletop games in the first place. And so I thought this time we would do kind of the same thing. I don't have as many games to talk about this time because I'm just covering the things that I've been playing since last time. But as far as a topic, I thought we'd touch on what makes a good solo game. So as far as I can see it, there are like three types of games that work well solo. There's games where you are just essentially doing your own thing. A lot of Euros get... Uh, somewhat rightfully so uh, judged for being multiplayer solitaire, right? Where everyone's just kind of doing their own thing and whoever gets the most points wins. Well, those games are in general pretty well suited to just saying, hey, you do the exact same thing, but you have to now meet a certain target score. That can be a little bit boring, especially when there's not a, a really dynamic change from game to game, but if it's a game that's more or less a sandbox, like take for example Terraforming Mars, that's a game where you can really derive the core enjoyment of the game, which is building up this, this massive engine and just seeing it spin into absolute efficiency, and you still get that even as a solitaire game. It does take out some of the competitive element that is in claiming the different awards and achievements, and some of the cards don't necessarily work quite as well. But overall, if you were to ask someone about what makes Terraforming Mars a really compelling game, it's seeing those cards interact with one another and really capitalizing on the opportunities that are presented to you, and that still exists. And as long as you have that clock ticking down in order to get past the 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 threshold, which in that case is fully terraforming the planet and not meeting a certain point total, uh, then it is just a really fantastic solo experience. Now, crossing the border for this type of solo game is where you start getting into Automa experiences. This is games where it's not like you are truly acting as an, another opponent at the table because I really hate that. Honestly, if I'm just sitting down with a, a multiplayer game like, say, Game of Thrones or something, and I'm acting with perfect information yet as though I didn't have that, taking optimal moves for different players, that's not truly a solo experience or at least not a meaningful one to me. But 
over the last several years, a ton of really fantastic automated opponents have come out for all sorts of different games where they are trying to simulate the experience or, or rather the, the, the interaction that an opponent would give you without really having the, the overhead and management and the predictability that comes from you performing all their moves for them. So last time I talked about games like Wingspan and Roots and uh, Scythe are all examples of games that have Automa, right? They're games where you have the the interaction with the game where it's, it's doing things like adjusting markets, it's advancing towards you, it's creating its own momentum and has its own objective that you have to face against that's not a a consistent objective from game to game because if done well these are dynamic opponents they're not entirely predictable and how you impact the game will also impact how they interact with the game now the final type of experience is the one that's already kind of built for solo play it's the fully cooperative game i mean you could talk about spirit island or gloomhaven or any number of like the escape and exit and adventure games they're already kind of designed to be performed by you now in general, I am of the school where I don't really like having to multi-hand things. But one of the games that I have been playing that is new to this list is Gloomhaven. And in that, I have found that I surprisingly really enjoy the, the nature of playing with two characters because it is such a puzzle and the interaction between the two characters themselves and capabilities feel like a cohesive hand that I'm operating with. To me, the best cooperative games that work well for solo are the ones that do have scaling accommodations. Spirit Island, again, you could play with one spirit, you could play with several spirits, even solo, if you wanted that level. And then Gloomhaven, you could play with two heroes or you could play with four heroes. But as I said with Gloomhaven, maybe that's a bit of an exception. But before we start getting into the solo games that I've been playing, this is a good point to say, what do you consider makes a good solo game? Like, what's an example of one that's done really well? And did I cover all of the general solo game categories here? And do you have examples of what you think makes for a really poor solo game? Which means, I guess, it's time for us to get over to my board. What have I been playing? We'll start with Gloomhaven, because I've already been talking about that one. So, I have embarked on this Buckwild project where I thought I would do little video documentaries of the different episodes of Gloomhaven that I'm playing. And I have three of them recorded already. I'm probably going to start publishing them this week as of recording this. And that has been such an interesting process because I've played Gloomhaven before. Only a few missions, and I didn't really get into it. There's some reasons for that. I don't think that I had the best teaching experience. I wasn't really running the thing, and I picked a really complex character. I wanted to get the enjoyment out of the game that everyone else seems to, but I just wasn't gelling with it. So I thought with some distance and with some social distancing, I would re-approach the game. I have a 
fresh copy that I am making my way through and I'm two missions in, three episodes in, and I am loving it. I already kind of got into the reasons why I like it as a solo game, even though I'm managing two different characters, but some of the overhead of Gloomhaven, the reliance on having the same players for a campaign and managing your schedules, as well as having to accommodate the different board space and seating positions and everything, it just makes it flow and function a lot easier as a single player experience. So some of the obstacles that make it kind of an inaccessible game I am able to take care of now as a solo game. Now, another game that I've been playing a couple times, which is one that I heard time and time again from all of you that is just a great solo game and I had never tried it even though it was on my shelf, is Viticulture. Whoa, dude. The Automa in that is so simple and so easy to manage where you just flip a card every season to see if any workers are placed by the automated worker during that season and you play through seven entire years or rounds and you are just trying to get more points than the Automa has at the end and if you're playing with Tuscany of course you have four seasons to work with every year and you also have the kind of area control board. There's a couple cards that you need to remove because they don't function correctly without another player being able to make a choice both in the visitors as well as in the the special workers that you can purchase but it flows so well for giving you that just little nudge of unpredictability as you move into each season where you are hoping that something's going to be available and then oh man the automated opponent just put a worker in there how dare they take the make wine from grape spot for me i needed that for this turn and it gives you a lot of neat considerations that vary up the game and so it takes this big sprawling experience that viticulture is and makes it a 45 minute to an hour Automa, just wonderful bit of awesomeness. Lastly is this little game, kind of an indie game, Animal Kingdoms. It's by Galactic Raptor, which if you follow the indie game scene is like a, a union of weird giraffe games and Letterman games. And it's a really beautiful, one of the prettiest games that I've played just from a visual and aesthetic perspective for the level of production that it is. And anytime that I can talk about a indie company like this, um, as opposed to one of these mega companies like Stonemaier Games and Cephalofair, I figure, you know what, let's give them a shout out. Now, Animal Kingdoms itself is a it's a pretty mathy, abstract game. I mean, it has a beautiful visual theme, but ultimately you just have cards that are numbered one through eight and you're utilizing them in different suits, which there's eight different animal suits, in order to play them meeting the decree of these five different territories. The reason why I like it is the same reason why I like Tiny Towns as a solo experience is it gives me a nice analytical puzzle that's not too crunchy to figure out and the automated system gives just enough unpredictable 
unpredictability that I don't have perfect information and the system for having a different decree in the five different kingdoms that changes in each of the three rounds is really cool that makes sure that the puzzle is going to be different every time. But I want to know what have you been playing solo? What new games have you played since the last time you checked in on your own solo quarantine playlist? And are there some that you highly recommend that I check out? As far as my objectives for next time, I'm going to keep on playing some Gloomhaven. There are some that I've been playing that I haven't talked about this time, but they were just games that I talked about last time. I want to get more Spirit Island to the table, definitely. And my goal is that before I get to this next week or whenever I record another one of these for you, I make sure that I take on Caverna because, again, it's one of my favorite games and it's on that shelf. And also there's the asymmetric power expansion that I've only ever played once and maybe the solo game works with that. I haven't even checked it out. If you played Caverna, let me know what you think. Thank you so much for watching. I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald. If you enjoyed this video, we have all kinds of other reviews, interviews, and recommendations via writing, podcasts, and video here on our channel and website CardboardHerald.com. Our content is audience-supported, so if you want to show your support, please visit our Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. This has been the Cardboard Herald.